to episode 24 of Super States, Practices of Transformation with me, your host, Joshua Peters. Super States explores the intersection of trans states in all the different ways that you can access them with personal or professional growth. In each episode, we talk to world-class experts, to industry leaders, and revolutionary thinkers who share with us their latest information, tools, and their own personal stories to inspire you on your journey. This week, I talk with Terence Schmidt. Terence is an erotic hypnotist and a hypnotherapist who specializes in sexual dysfunction and with a kink-friendly approach. Sound interesting? Stay tuned for Erotic Hypnosis and Healing Sexual Dysfunction with Terence Schmidt. Welcome to Super States. I'm here with Terence Schmidt. Terence, uh, we met back at HypnoThoughts way back in um, August of 2023. And uh, I, I was excited to get you on the, the show. So Terence, why don't you tell us what you do, how, how it makes a difference for people? All right. So I started out in erotic hypnosis and was working with a lot of people just to you know, show them a good time, take them into trance, have some fun, and made a bunch of recordings with that. And then the next thing you know, I'm getting uh, emails from people that tell me that my recordings have not only just showed them a good time, but also helped them to accept their own sexuality and grow in many ways. And that was a surprise to me. Um, another fellow mentioned that uh, he overcame erectile dysfunction with my erotic hypnosis recordings. So that was a surprise. And then I've, then I started getting into more and more training and got certified as a hypnotist and started coming out to things like hypno thoughts and learning everything I could. And now I'm moving into the realm of actually helping deliberately helping people with hypnosis, not just accidentally. And yeah, now I'm working on a course with a sex therapist for helping people with erectile dysfunction using a combination of her teaching the way you would normally teach people, you know, spoken word and with me taking them into trance to help them change on a deeper level. Okay. So we just got kind of a, a big, a, a big picture there of what you do. I want to bring it back to maybe kind of where you started. So you, you started as an erotic hypnotist. That's Can right. you please describe what that is for somebody who's listening, who doesn't know what that is? Okay. That's, as you know, hypnosis can be used in a lot of ways. The way that most people are familiar with it is either a, a, a show where you take people up on stage and just have some fun with them. And it's, it's funny and people have a great time or the, you know, the classic, um, taking people into trance to help them solve a problem, weight loss, confidence, stop smoking, that sort of thing. Erotic hypnosis is more like the, a little bit more like the stage show hypnosis, where the, the point of it is to just show people a great time. And that can be hypnotizing them to imagining, imagine themselves in a hot scene or to just feel something very, very strongly. 
you can do things. The first thing I ever did was put a clit on a woman's forehead and she could feel the, <laughs> exactly what you would feel from a clit on your forehead. <laughs> that was, that was actually the point at which I said, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this more often. <laughs> it's just too much fun not to. Uh-huh. And I got more and more into it. And, and where did you, where did you, uh, where did you learn about d- doing hip- erotic hypnosis? Is that something that you just uh, started playing I, with? Well, I read, I read some books on just doing ordinary hypnosis. I didn't start out reading about erotic hypnosis. I just read regular hypnosis books and said, okay, you know, if you can, if you can make somebody feel this or feel that, then you can do things like putting a clit on a woman's forehead or, you know, any, any sort of thing with it. Hypnosis is hypnosis. You can do a thousand different things with it. And mm-hmm. then I started doing a thousand different things. And then things with it. that, <laughs> right. <laughs> and you, you started getting people to have results unexpected results just from yeah. listening to your erotic hypnosis technique. So what do you think was up with that? Well, just the going into the altered state of trance, it gives people a real opportunity to examine things on a deeper level, gives people an opportunity to get more comfortable with parts of themselves that maybe they weren't too comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Changes happen. Mm. Sometimes just trance itself can be very therapeutic and give people an opportunity to make changes. And then you started getting your certification then as a hypnotherapist. That's right. Did you have, uh, did you have your own hypnotic experience as you went through this process? Oh yeah. Yeah. I go into trance more often than I go into trance very often. <laughs> a lot of self-hypnosis, a lot of hypnosis in the uh, Mike Mandel Hypnosis Academy practice rooms where we're practicing with each other. And I'll go into trance half the time and take people into trance half the time. So I get a lot of practice that way. And then when I went to HypnoThoughts Live, I had some of the best people in the world uh, taking me into trance and, and helping me with things. So... That was, I spent that whole, I spent that whole week in trance, basically. I, I think as, uh, as hypnotists, most of us are pretty good at going into trance. So when you go into a situation like that, uh, one, I know one year at HypnoThoughts, I was working with a woman who was brand new and mm-hmm. was really worried that she wasn't going to be able to take me into hypnosis, which... As you know, when, as we're doing this kind of work, all you really have to do is take a breath and we're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Well, you know, it's, it's, was Mike Mandel was, yeah, it's a territory. Was Mike Mandel's, you got to know the territory. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, Mike Mandel. Did was my question was uh, did was Mike Mandel was that your initi- initial foray into hypnotherapy then into uh, actually a structured program of learning how to do things like uh-huh. before that I had read books so a little of this a little of that 
but never a we're going to work you through from from beginner level to all the way up to knowing how to run a practice and help people with a bunch of different things. Now, so that was my thorough grounding in hypnosis. Got it. Hmm. And what would you say has changed the most about how you've worked from when you started until now? Oh, there's just so much more understanding of exactly what's going on. Not to mention, I've been learning many more techniques and modalities and ways of doing hypnosis. But the thing that's happening most is, as I learn all these things, and as things stack up one on top of the other, is that now it's it's getting more clear. So I'm getting a much more clear idea of how to take somebody from, you know, this point where they're not getting the results they want, change the trance that they're already in. Because everybody, you know, people are in trance all the time. They just don't realize that it's not a very good trance. And then taking that and changing it into a trance that works for them and making the making the change happen and getting them where they need to be. So that's that's a lot easier now, whereas before it was more shooting in the dark. And what are your favorite types of techniques that you might use with someone? Depends what month you catch me on, because... I'm always learning something new, and I'm always getting super excited about the new thing I'm learning. Right now, as of today and yeah. this past month, it's been Timothy September's Enter the Loop training, which I, I got in as soon as he said he was training, because I've, I've talked to him before and just been blown away by his ability. Uh, so he works with the Mike Mandel Hypnosis Academy as a coach. and. Mm. His enter the loop training is all about this idea of we create our experiences in a loop that starts with you've got if you if you're doing if you're looking at the loop on a piece of paper, it looks like you got belief, feeling, a belief leads to a feeling, a feeling leads to no, I'm sorry, a belief leads to an, an, an imagining, an imagining leads to a feeling, okay. feeling leads to a, an ex, a whole life experience not the life experience that in turn reinforces the belief and as that loop continues spinning whatever it is that a person is trapped in is getting stronger and stronger the trap gets stronger you see but mm -hmm. yeah enter the loop teaches you how to go into that identify that loop that's happening make subtle changes in it and bit by bit turn it into a loop that now brings a person into a place where it's the place they want to be not the place they were trapped in. Mm. Amazing stuff. And you don't, you yeah, don't take people that. into, yeah. you don't take people into tr traditional trance with that. You're having a conversation, but from time to time, you'll see them kind of stare off into space for a bit. And there's processing going on just as it would be if you had them yeah. into, in a super deep trance. I like that. That's really the more that I do this work too, the more that I realize how easy that is to mm -hmm. help people make changes without having to go into, you know, what you think of as a hypnotic trance, because to your point, we're essentially in and out of trance states all the time. Yep, exactly. 
one of the things that I was really interested in talking with you, Terrence, is your experience in helping people access the uh, the lifestyle that they're looking for within the BDSM community, and mm -hmm. and using your your hypnotic tech uh, recordings essentially to help them find something within them, and mm -hmm. and it makes me think of the amount of growth that a lot of people go through as they're exploring uh, the BDSM world, which also has its own type of trance, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's sex or, or subservience or domination or pain or whatever it is, like there's lots of different types of trance states that you can access. Yeah. I'm trying to find out what my question is around that it, because that's, that's really fascinating. So I guess to me, what, um, what are, what have you found with people? Uh, you know, what are some of the changes that people have gone through as you've been working with them in these different types of trance states? Well, yeah, first to, to get into the trance state, that is uh that is a thing that's, you know, when you're doing, when you're experienced with taking people into subspace, which is where the sub goes into when the, when the top is, is doing their thing. And they're having, the sub is having this wonderful experience at the bottom or whoever it is that's on the, you know, getting mm -hmm. whipped, getting tied up and getting down on their knees and you know, all that stuff. That person is getting into a very altered state of mind. So much so that uh, one of the rules in BDSM is you can't negotiate with somebody when they're in subspace. It's just like, you know, getting consent from somebody to have sex with them when they're super drunk, high on drugs. You don't do that. It's not meaningful consent. That's how that's how much of an altered right. state it is. They're in an altered state. It's a little bit different than hypnotic trance, but not terribly different. And being in that altered state, like I said before, just being in an altered state can have a tremendous therapeutic uh, result. And it's a lot of letting go of ego stuff, of all the masks we wear. You're being mm -hmm. exactly who you really are you know, in, that, in that point in time. And at the same time, the top is also having a, an altered state. We talk about going into top space, just as there is a subspace, there's a dom space. Uh, a headspace where you're you're active, you're running the show, you know, but at the same time you're getting in touch with another part of you. And as this part comes out, you get to experience this more and more. And it's just like the way that mm. a you know you'll you'll find sometimes a, an experienced Dom has become somebody who's a lot more a lot more confident, a lot more sure of themselves, a lot less needing to prove anything. That's if they're doing it right, some of them, not so much. But it can be a tremendous vehicle for growth. So either side of the whip you're on, it can be quite a vehicle for increased confidence, greater relaxation, uh, just a, a sense of having it, having it a, a calm, to your life. Now, mm. how is my work uh, doing that? Well, I'm taking people into subspace, 
and taking them into levels that they've not accessed before. And as I do that, things change for them. The deeper they go into the stuff, the more the changes happen and can be a wonderful thing for people. So this kind of goes back to what you initially started with, how you, the erotic hypnosis was starting to bring changes for people just because they were entering an altered state. And by being mm -hmm. in that state, it starts to allow changes to happen. Yeah. It's kind of like you're going deep inside. And we'll, we'll say it's a, it's a basement for purposes of a metaphor. You know, everybody's got this kind of basement in their mental house with a lot of doors that they haven't opened. And those things that are behind those doors, they may be having effects on a person's life. But until they open those doors, they're not seeing what effects those things are having. They're not able to interact with those things. They're not able to change those things. You start opening those doors, things start to change. A person mm. has a more full understanding of who they are. Um, drives that used to be pushed down, ignored, suppressed. You know, suppression is a terrible thing for a person. Uh, let's suppress a desire and it bubbles up in ways that are quite uncomfortable or can be. You know, you look at the, um, the priests in the Catholic Church who aren't allowed to have a sexual expression. And, you know, the more and more, and more information is coming out on how that's worked out. And it hasn't worked out terribly well for them, or at least some of them. So, uh, yeah, suppression. It's not a good thing. You start accepting things more and more. You go into these altered states where you open up those doors and find a healthy outlet for them, which is, you know, that's what BDSM is all about. It's about finding healthy outlets for drives that could very easily lead to unhealthy habits. So, right. or unhealthy means of expression. So we're finding healthy means of expression for those things in the BDSM community. So yeah, you're opening those doors, finding ways of embracing and expressing these things in a healthy fashion. Of course, it's having an, uh, an effect on you. And I know that you, because we were talking earlier, you are now moving into uh, using, uh, you're, you're working with a, a sex therapist Right. And together, you guys are creating some different programs. Why don't, can you tell us a little bit about these programs that you're you're working up? Yeah. Yeah. The first one, the one we've got in, in progress right now, is for erectile dysfunction, helping people with erectile dysfunction. Because the, the majority of people with erectile dysfunction, it's a psychological thing. It's not a, not a physical thing. The standard rule of thumb is... If a person can get a hard on and, you know, masturbate, for instance, to orgasm, then it's, it's probably going to be a psychological thing, something that we can help. You know, a person might wake up in the morning with a hard on, or they might, you know, watch porn and get a hard on and be able mm -hmm. to 
be able to stroke and get off, but they're having trouble getting it up with, uh, with a lover. That's something that we can work with. So, and that's like 80% of the people or more with erectile dysfunction. So what we're doing is she's doing the spoken, you know, regular training that's working on the, the conscious mind, helping a person to understand things. So things like, you know, the fact that it's incredibly common and helping get rid of the shame and the, the trauma from it, figuring out things that a person can do, figuring out ways of looking at one's life and one's experiences to reframe them in a, in a way that works. And then I'm going in with the hypnosis and working on a deeper level, on the level of the unconscious, where a lot of these things, it's a lot more easy to clear these things up on the unconscious level. You know, it's like solving a plumbing problem, mm. to use the basement metaphor again. Sometimes you got to go down the basement, turn off the water if you're going to solve a plumbing problem. Sometimes you got to route new pipes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of things that can be done in the basement that are very hard to do in the upstairs. You know, that's one of the reasons that psychotherapy takes so damn long is because they're working in the, the place where the problem isn't. They're not going where the problem is. They're talking to the conscious mind and the problem is deep in the unconscious. And that's where, you know, that's one of those things that's, that's why a, a therapist can take 10 years to work on something that a hypnotist might work on for four or five sessions and be done with. We go with the problem is so that's what I'm doing with the uh, with the course, and of course you know making hypnosis. And you're you're starting bread and butter for twelve years, so yeah, I'm kind of good at that. <laughs> <laughs> go with your strengths, as they say. Right? Yeah. Then what are the other, I know that there's some other, something, some upcoming ideas. Can you share what what might be next? Well, after erectile dysfunction, we want to move on to helping women. Uh, A lot of women have vaginismus, uh, difficulty uh, getting excited, getting lubricated, uh, being able to let go and enjoy sex. So that's another thing we want to work with. And then other sexual issues that pop up. We'll, you know, we, we may do some courses for those as well. And then after that, I, there's a number of things that have uh, caught my interest that gasp aren't about sex, uh, ADHD and uh, related issues. Mm-hmm. That That is something that hypnosis, uh, I believe hypnosis can help with tremendously. And I want to work on that for a bit. But for right now, my focus is helping people with sexual issues. It's a natural place to go, given that mm-hmm. I've got all that background. And my best friend is a world-famous sex therapist. So we're working together on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, going with your strengths. There is that. What would you say is the most misunderstood aspect about uh, sexual issues that people have? Hmm. I think there's just so little uh, talking about it and such a discomfort. Even therapists, uh, trained therapists will often have a lot of, a lot of their own baggage around sex that they haven't cleared up yet. And they're just not in a great position to be able to talk to people and help people with that. 
They can be uncomfortable with it. Their discomfort will make their clients, of course, incredibly uncomfortable with it. And it's most sexual issues aren't things that people talk about enough to really have an understanding of what's going on. Like you take erectile dysfunction, for instance, somebody starts getting erectile dysfunction at 45 and thinks, oh, I guess I've just hit that age where I'm going to have to pop Viagra every day if I want to get a heart on. They're not realizing that, no, that's, that's more probably in your head, not in, not in the physiology, not mm -hmm. in the body. What would you say would be useful to help people get a better understanding of the reality of this? Learning from people who are comfortable talking about it. Uh, sex positive, mm. for instance, you know, get, getting, getting an education from people who are sex positive and actually spend their time talking about it, learning about it, practicing it. That there's no substitute for getting around people who know the territory. Based on everything that you know, what are what's a practical way that somebody could use uh, one of one of these types of altered states to make changes in their lives? Oh man! Well, the first thing I would say would be using an altered state to clear off any any trauma. You know, and trauma doesn't necessarily have to mean you know being you know put through some horrible experience, you know, being attacked or something. It can, it can be that. And hypnosis is great for that. Altered states are great for that. But it can also be the, the, the smallest of things that still can bother a person, like having had, you know, having had rejection, for instance. You know, somebody gets rejected and it hits them hard and Maybe they don't even realize how hard it hit them, but and maybe it was, you know, in childhood or high school. And it's just having this impact on them. And sure, you know, in your twenties when you've got, you know, this tremendous sex drive, it'll overcome it can overcome that and lead you to be able to get an erection anyway, but then you get into your forties, it starts to that that powerful hormone drive isn't quite as powerful anymore. And now that other stuff that's in the basement and starts showing up. So yeah, clearing that stuff out with hypnosis uh, and self-hypnosis and any sort of altered state technique is, is a very powerful thing for a person and not just for sex, but also for dealing with all sorts of, of confidence issues, anger issues, uh, sense of shame, worthlessness, all that stuff. Um, I think it's very, very valuable to learn how to do altered, how to get into altered states on your own self and deal with that stuff. Are there any specific techniques that someone could use? I'll tell you that. Or to try show, something on sure. there? I'll show you the easiest technique in the world. How's that sound? This is from Melissa that Tears. Great. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, this is from Melissa Tears. And all we're going to do, I'm looking around for something, something that'll work here. And it can be anything. I'm going to take this time. Just, it's just know that not everybody's watching the video. 
So you'll have to describe what okay. you're doing as well. All right. So what I'm doing is I'm holding a timer in my hand and it can be anything. Usually you'd use like a bottle. You had a bottle of soda, anything like that. And this is going to be something you're going to pass it from hand to hand as you pass it in front of your body and just let your hand go a little bit past the midline of your chest and just swing it back and forth. I'm opening my arms all uh, one arm, the arm holding the thing. I'm swinging it all the way out to the side, bring it back across the midline of my body, handing it off to the other hand. Now, why am I doing that? Well, this is bilateral stimulation. It's connecting the hemispheres of the brain. Now, what I want to do when I'm doing this to get over a thing, an experience that I've had, is I'm going to think about that experience. And I'm going to remember what I saw, see, to see it in my mind's eye and hear what I heard, and let that feeling that I felt about it come back into my mind and come back into my body and feel it in my body. I want to get that feeling again that I had because that's going to open up the neurology, the neural circuits in my mind that have got that feeling. And I want to feel it as strongly as I can, no matter how unpleasant it is. And I want it to be unpleasant because that's going to exorcise that, that feeling. As I'm doing this bilateral stimulation, I'm swinging this thing back and forth. I want to feel that feeling that unpleasant feeling, and just keep swinging this thing back and forth until that feeling goes away. And one very effective thing to do is figure out on a scale of 1 to 10 how strong that bad feeling is. How bad can you feel it? And you're looking for 8, 9, or even 10. Make it as strong as you can, and then do that bilateral stimulation, and just watch as it goes down bit by bit. Try to hold on to it as best you can, that, that bad feeling, and watch how it goes down as you're doing a bilateral stimulation. And it, when it goes down to zero, see if you can pull it up again. If you can, do some more bilateral stimulation. When it's all gone and you can't pull it up anymore, then you're done. If you need to do it again a few days later, well, okay. But it won't be long before you just can't feel bad about that thing anymore. That that bad feeling is just gone and it's gone forever. And when it is, the effect it was having on your life, it's not having that effect on your life anymore. <laughs> that's a whole lot of mileage out of a can of Coke I, now, isn't it? <laughs> that's a... That's such a simple technique and, and yet mm -hmm. super powerful. Anything people need to just be aware of be, you know, to, before they explore that? No. Any, kind, any, any risk in trying that? If you get into a place where it's just the feeling is so strong and now, and, and it shouldn't, but if a person were to get into a place where that feeling was so strong and just totally overcoming them, the way to deal with it is to get up and move around. That's the quickest way to change your, change your physiology, to change an emotional state that you're in, is motion. Emotion, the, the mm -hmm. way to change emotion is with motion. Turn on some music, dance for a bit, and you won't be there anymore.
<laughs> as there's a lot of um, there is a lot of talk of altered states of consciousness out in the world right now, whether it's through you know psychedelics or hypnosis or or BDSM or you know a lot of different way breath work, right? Mm -hmm. Throwing something back and forth, right? Yeah. What do you see as the future of using altered states of consciousness for personal growth? You know, something I've been thinking about, I thought about it at HypnoThoughts for the first time and kept thinking about it, was that at some point, once upon a time when your back hurt, that was just too bad. Maybe you'd pop a few aspirin, right? And maybe you had terrible back pain and that was just too bad. And then, and I don't know when it happened, but it became the thing to do to go see a chiropractor, right? Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, the, I'd say the majority of people in America, you know, if you told them, hey, you know, my back's really been bothering me, blah, blah, blah. What do you think I should do? Their go-to might include going to a chiropractor. It just became the go-to thing to do. Now imagine when altered states becomes the default, the thing that you think, oh, okay, I've got this problem that I've always been having. What do I do about it? Altered states. Uh, for me, the, the time to use altered states is I know what to do or I know what not to do, but I keep not doing what I should do or doing what I shouldn't do, and I don't know why. That's your sign that it's mm -hmm. time for the altered states routine. That's not everybody. You know, some people, some people are like, gee, I need to lose weight. And you talk to them and you realize they have no idea what to eat. That's not a job for hypnosis. That's a job for a dietitian. You know, <laughs> that's a job for go learn, right. you know, what to put in your body to, to, to be healthy. But if it's, you know, I, I know I shouldn't eat cookies, but I keep buying cookies and stuffing my face with cookies all day long. And I don't know why. That's hypnosis or some kind of altered state routine to, to get them into a better place yeah. to make that change on that deeper level. So, yeah, that's what I see as being the future of hypnosis and various types of altered states as being a, a vehicle for growth and a more accepted, more commonly used vehicle for growth. And how can people learn more about you, Terrence? Oh, they come to my website at hypnoticenhancement.com. That's where that'll be like the base of my operations where I talk a little bit about what I do and you can make a scheduled appointment with me, a consultation or send me an email and, you know, just see whatever courses I've been creating and whatever I've been up to. Perfect. I'll make sure to, to get that link in the, in the show notes. Wonderful. Thank you. And Terrence, what is the, what's, what's the one thing that you want this audience to leave with today? I think more than anything, that last thing that I said was that when you get to that point of having a thing and you, you know what you should do, or you know what you shouldn't do, but you keep doing the thing you shouldn't do, or, or you just can't bring yourself to do the thing that you should do that that's a time to start thinking about something like hypnosis. Yeah. 
I mean, that would make life so much simpler if that was the the go-to instead of the last resort. <laughs> yeah, it is the last resort sometimes. A lot of people will see 10 different psychiatrists and do all these different things, you know. And then finally, they, they show up in our office and I've tried everything. Oh, and how much money have you yeah. wasted? How much time have you spent being miserable? <laughs> You know, that's, right. that's a thing that, that, that I, I hate to see it is somebody who spends 10 years of their life, you know, whether being traumatized by some horrible thing that happened to them or, or being unable to do the thing, being unable to break out of a rut that they're in, you know, and they've just spent so much of their life, you know, 10 years is a, is a chunk of your life. You don't get it back. You know, you can you can make the change over 10 years, but 10 years has gone by. You don't get that back. You know, if, if you were a mess in your 20s or a mess in your 30s, you don't get to go back because you've changed. You don't get to go back to, to 30th birthday and start it over. No, you're now 40 and now you can start without having all those problems. But you've lost that those years of your life. So, yeah, mm -hmm. getting figuring out early on or as quickly as you can that, yeah, find somebody who can really help you make that change and make it quickly so that you don't waste such a big part of your life. Okay, that's what I want people to take away. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Terrence. I uh, appreciate you being on the show. Oh, you're welcome, Joshua. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure talking to you.